Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Vanderbilt Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by betonline.ag. In the Music City, I'm Matt Perkins, and I'm joined, as always, by Ryan Seymour. On today's show, Ryan and I sit down with former Vanderbilt offensive lineman Jake Bernstein to talk about Sarah Fuller breaking the gender barrier in Power 5 football, the firing of Derek Mason, and what is to come next for the Commodores. But before we get started, we can't forget to... All right. Well, Ryan and I are back and have the honor of having former Vanderbilt offensive lineman Jake Bernstein on the pod with us tonight. Jake, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here today. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, keep these as entertaining as they have been. So thanks for having me. <laughs> the offensive line podcast. Uh, we, we, might as, we might as well be at this point. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, the old it might as well be called Believe in Vanderbilt Offensive Line because that's basically what the show is. And you know what? I'm not mad at it. You know, man, it's because the, these are the only guys that are like like want to come on every week. I ask all these other DBs and linebackers, and they're like, "Oh man, I go, I'm busy, man." The linemen, the O line, yeah, man. What, what time, dude? Let's let's make it yeah. happen. Of yeah. course. You had Wes. Have you had Wes on this? I no comment. I asked Wes. No comment. He's too cool, isn't he? Not no comment. <laughs> uh, I don't want to hear that. I mean, come uh, on, Wes. Wes said he's not, this, he said he's on, not Wes. a radio guy. He said he said, "Bro, I'm not a I'm not a radio guy." What do you I'm mean? Like, this ain't radio. I'm like, what does that even mean? This is what does that even mean, bro? He was a face but, of Vanderbilt for years. How is that he, guy not a radio guy? He's a big dog, big dog. He's a big dog. He's he he big can't dog. big dog when 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 the fact is we've had we've had Jordan Rogers, who's bigger than everyone on the show. Yeah. We've had Nate Bargatze, who's one of the biggest stand-up comedians in the world. Love Nate. I was so jealous that Zach was was doing that. We can get me. Nate I back. Listened. We'll we'll get Nate back again. We'll get Nate back sure. again. Man, gotta get Netflix, him back. Man. Gotta get him back. I listen to his Netflix. I listen to his stand-up constantly. It's so good. Anyways, it's his dad so is the man. I mean, his dad came through Vandy all mm-hmm. the time and would put on shows for us. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that was before they did renovations to like our old. You know the old locker room and the old facility, but um, yeah, I remember seeing his dad doing magic shows at the facility all the time. He was awesome, man. Awesome. Love, yeah. love to get Nate back. Love to get his dad on here too. That'd be pretty special. I think we can. Uh, I think we can make that work. Actually, I think we can make that work. We talked about doing a live show with him at some point too. So once this whole freaking COVID thing is over and we can actually have like yes. crowds somewhere, uh, <laughs> we, we we've talked about maybe uh, maybe going to one of the local breweries around Nashville. I'm thinking a little bearded iris, something like that. Maybe having a little live show. McFadden's. Yeah. Dooley's. Dooley's. Well, Jake, man. Well, so, well, hold on. Before we jump in with Jake, we got to remind you guys that we are brought to you by betonline.ag. Football season is winding down, and while you still can't be at most of the games unless you are the parent of a Vanderbilt athlete, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. This weekend, Vanderbilt is uh, underdogs by 35.5 points to Georgia, and honestly, that seems a little bit low. I'm surprised it's not in the 40s. But no matter who your team is, head on over to BetOnline.ag today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag to sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook 
experts. All right, now we can get into the show. Are you ready? All right, we got my man Jake here. Number Jake, what number? Uh, what was your number? Sixty. Well, what was your football number? Fifty-three. Man, I right. I, I came in at sixty-three. You didn't and I thought remember. <laughs> I came in at sixty-three, and I thought it was the fattest number ever, man. I don't know what it is, but no, sixty-six is the fattest number. Sixty-six yes. is the. F- Sixty-six is the fattest number. I wore I wore fifty. I wore fifty-five just because Matt doesn't know. I wore fifty-five just because I did not think it was a fat Vincent the Swamp Donkey was. <laughs> well, I thought you know then I then I defaulted and said fifty-seven might be the second fattest number. You know, uh, but you already had that guy on the show, right? <laughs> then I then I fell yeah. over fifty-three, right? And fifty-three so was just the number. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff we love joe man if, if y'all haven't heard that was a great one uh yeah man so jake mm-hmm. uh have you been keeping up with vanderbilt lately have you seen what's going on in the news what a what an interesting week it's been for uh for all the fans former players guys who are you know currently on the team we had joe fisher you know step away this week um we obviously mm-hmm. had coach mason uh we saw that what happened with coach mason with with candace letting uh you know, stepping away from that situation. And then we got the Sarah Fuller situation. Uh, so a lot of things, a lot of things going on this week. Um, how does, uh, how does, how is Vanderbilt going to bounce back from all of this, uh, of all this coverage, man? Like, how are we going to bounce back from like, you know, I feel like we took, I feel like we took a big step this week, obviously with, with the, I don't want to say firing is such a harsh word, but like firing of coach Mason, um, how does Van, I mean, Matt and I kind of joke about this all the time. It can only go up from here, right? I mean, it can only, <laughs> I mean, it can, it can only that, go up from here. That's what are your thoughts, man? I, wanna, I just want to hear, I just want to hear your thoughts on. Right. So my, let's my, hear my Jake thoughts on, thoughts on like on this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of different uh, areas of cover, but you know what? It's, it's been tough to watch, um, you know, on the I'm still working here. on my interview skills, Jake. <laughs> you're all good. You're all good. I, I understand everything, but it's been, it's been tough to watch, right? You know, it's, it's, it hasn't been easy for fans to really kind of get into uh, uh, Vanderbilt football. I think that that first game that when we opened up against A&M, it was promising, right? You know, uh, uh, all the way, all yeah, the way. Right. I mean, we all saw, we ever, how exciting was it watching? It, Seals, was, it was good, man. Especially, you know, a and is a tough place to play. And I know that the crowd's not really there, but you know, A&M right now is a, is a national ranked team, right? They're, num- they're, they're the number six in the country from five, number six in the country, something like that. Like- it's exactly. Right. And so it, it brought a lot of early hope, right. You know, as, as fans were sitting there saying, you know, maybe the offense can get going, but the defense is there, right. It's going to keep us in games. Um, but then every, every game after that got tough, man, you know, there was, there was times where right. I physically had to just walk away. Right. And so, you know, uh, the first part of the question, right. The, the, you know, termination of, of Derek Mason, um, you know, it's, it's, was it the right timing for it? Let me ask you that before you kind of go into some of the reasonings, was it the right time? Um, you know, we got how many games left? We got three games left. One, two, two, one. two games left, two, two games two, left. Two games. We got Georgia, Georgia, Georgia Tennessee. and Tennessee. Yeah. Two, oh, we got two games left. Okay. No, cause they swapped. So we were supposed to play Tennessee this past weekend and Mizzou yep. next weekend. And they okay. swapped those cause of Tennessee's COVID situation. So we got Mizzou this past yep. weekend, Georgia this weekend, which was always on the schedule and now Tennessee on the 12th. Yeah. So, so I'd like what? to hear, I'd like to hear your thoughts, Jake, on the timing of it. So like, um, was, 
with two games left, was it the right time with the whole Sarah thing? Was uh, should he have got that contract extension? Should he even been coaching this year? Like specifically, I guess. How do you, how do you take the timing of this whole situation? You know, I think it's it's a big move for Candace, right? I think to really show that you know she's she's stepping into a a new role, right? You know, willing to actually care about football, right? I think that's always been the biggest worry right with with Vanderbilt fans and then especially alumni of the program right is we've always waited till you know after the season to make a move and you know I, I think it, it sets a, a good precedent for for Candace to come in there and and obviously um, you know remove and uh, alleviate Derek Mason of his duties but um, you know it's got to be tough because a lot of guys uh, you know uh, really built a a liking uh, players that were recruited by Derek Mason around Derek Mason essentially and and um, you know he's he's a very uh, uh, likable guy he's a players coach right and, and I think a lot of people probably inside of the program are upset right but I, I think right now for the program to go in the direction we all want it to go in right you know you got to look beyond. Right. And so um, as unfortunate as it is, I think it was the best move to make uh, to kind of already tell the fans. Right. We're serious about football. Right. We're actually going to you know, have a, a, a full global search to find that replacement. Right. And we're so serious about it. We're going to show you with the last two games left in the season that the interim coach is just an interim coach. Right. The search. Is Matt mentioned this is a power start. move for Candace. Yeah. I think right. So too. I, I, you know, on Sunday, Ryan and I were on the phone right after we found out the news. I was taking a nap. I woke up to literally, no joke, 15 texts and five yeah. missed calls. And I was like, what on earth is going on? Is the sky falling? No. Derek Mason was <laughs> fired. And I said to Ryan that I thought this was a real power move by Candace. This was a, oh, yeah. pro this is a proactive move, which is yeah. not something we are accustomed to seeing to seeing from the Vanderbilt Athletic Department, the Vanderbilt administration, et cetera. Like you said, Jake, they are always doing it after the season. By doing yep. it now, you get a leg up on the coaching search, and mm -hmm. you are in the game. It's the same reason South Carolina fired Will Muschamp a week before Mason was fired. Yep. And in doing so, you get to see, and you get to put the feelers out of who's really going to be available. Right? Yeah, and who's Spot really going to be out there and who's going to be interested in the program and who can we go after? I have a list of names that I'm interested in. Obviously, everyone <laughs> has you know, we can we, we can jump into speculation here. in a minute. <laughs> But I do want to talk a little bit more about Derek Mason first. Yeah, Derek Mason, from all accounts, is an absolutely wonderful human being. He Agreed. seems to be I mean, you you played under him for a year. Yeah, he seems mm -hmm. to be a genuinely empathetic, caring, mm -hmm. uh, forthright, upstanding man who yep. gives a crap about his players. Yeah. That, however, has not translated into success on the field for Vanderbilt. Seven seasons, <laughs> zero winning seasons. His best seasons were six and seven. Yep. And... That is not going to cut it in the SEC, which is as close as we have to professional football. That's not the NFL. Mm -hmm. On top of that, you know, I had a friend. I, I had a friend who is a, a Vanderbilt alumna text me. She's like, "Why did they get rid of Derek Mason? Now, I'm so upset about it because she loves the person of Derek Mason." Yeah. 
Yeah. But SEC football is not about how good of a person are you. It's about do you have the results? Yeah. Spot and on. we don't have the results is plain and simple. I'm a season ticket holder at, at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. I have been since I moved back to Nashville. I've had season tickets for the past three years until this year when there have been no season tickets this year. I have season tickets to baseball. I have season tickets to basketball. I have season tickets to football. And I sat in the stands. I've brought this up so many times. Ryan's going to be sick of hearing about this. I sat in the stands last year when they lost by 20 points to UNLV. To a UNLV team that was so bad that they fired their own head coach before the end of that same season. But Vanderbilt didn't do anything. In fact, they gave him an extension. And it was then and there, I was like, what is, is anything actually ever going to happen with this? Mm-hmm. And I am honestly shocked that Candace Storyly did this. And I'm proud that she did this. I think that it is, I think that she has been feeling pressure because the new chancellor, uh, I don't know, Deermeyer, has been, has hired the assistant AD over from Louisiana Tech, who is an up and comer in the athletic administration world. And I think that she realized the heat was on her and that if she didn't do something, it was going to be her ass on the line. Yeah. And the fact that she did this, I think, gives her some breathing room, but also gives her some clout at the same time. So I was, you know, surprised, but also in 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 a good way that she did this this early. And I think that it is, you know, I think that Derek Mason, like I said, on all accounts, good man just not the right coach for this team at this time you know what uh you hit a bunch of good points but you know from a a fan's perspective right because you know uh Vanderbilt's had a hard time building upon its its current fan base right you know its current fan base is very loyal but you know what's going to attract those new fans from buying into the program right as a new face and excitement around the program right and so those those programs out there Matt that uh that make those big decisions right before the end of the year, right. Show that they actually care. Right. And, and I think it's going to be interesting because there is a lot of great names out there and we could speculate, you know, who it could potentially be down the road. But, you know, I I think for Candace, right. Is she's inherited a situation at Vanderbilt that Vandy had a lot of good championship caliber programs. Look at the baseball program, look at the women's soccer program. Now, you know, look at a lot of the other programs now that are finding success as of late. Right. Women's so bowling, what, baby. They're so good. Bowling, right? I mean, everything, right? And so what are the other programs, right, that Candace can, you know, improve, right? And that's football because that's been the, I would say, the Achilles heel of Vanderbilt for a very long time is, you know, how does Vanderbilt get rid of that stigma of just being Vanderbilt, right? And, you know, it, Every it's Every team, tough. six win to, get, to go to a bowl every year, you know. Exactly, right? You know, we're, we're all complacent with, with, you know, beating Tennessee, Right. We're complacent with, you know, winning two SEC games. Right. As a, as a fan base. Right. And, and that's been as a fan it, base. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but as players see, and this is the worst part yeah. about it is, you know, we wanted more. We expected more because, you know, what went into it. Right. And, you know, the, the tough part with this is, you know, you have to be realistic with the expectations. Right. Is how much buy in is the university going to put behind the athletics? Right. Because if the university starts to care, right, and show that, you know, uh, hey, we hired the the first, you know, uh, uh, female athletic director, 
right, to head up our athletic department, right? And now we're doing all these monumental things, right? You know, changing the the narrative, right? She just came in and now she already fired someone within, you know, a couple months of being in her role, right? And so you sit there and say, she's already making power moves to show that she's willing to put her, you know, her, uh, her backing behind the program, right? Something that we haven't seen before. So, you know what, it's, as much as we all love Derek Mason, I think it was a, a great move by Candace, right? And now it's just figuring out what that pool entails. And then also having that coach, whoever his successor is, be that Pat Fitzgerald type of guy, right? I think that's what Vandy needs, right? Vandy, Vandy needs a guy who is, who it could be a, you know, an alma mater, right? Who could, you could have been an alumni of, of Vandy, right? And is willing to stay at Vandy, right? Because he sees the opportunity, Right. Or he sees that he's willing to change or who else, who it might be willing to change the narrative, right? And so, you know, I think we're all optimistic and we're all excited to see kind of where this takes us in terms of a searching pool, right? And what that new head coach is going to bring whenever, you know, that day is announced. But I think for Candace, man, I think it's a great move. And I'm excited to see, you know, who that next head coach is going to be. So that's that's my take on it. See, what do you, how are you feeling about it? Yeah. Man? Man, I just, uh, I don't want to keep, uh, you know, beating a dead horse here. Obviously I'm just more, I'm still just trying to wrap my, I guess, wrap my head around the timing of this thing. Um, more, more importantly about wh- how did, you know, how did we get to this point? I was talking to, I was texting with Bruno earlier and he was mentioning that we had another six or seven, six or seven guys exit the team earlier this week. And, and really what I've been thinking about is not only, you know, obviously this season is a wash with COVID, uh, the whole, you know, the whole conference, the whole football community has just been, it's been a little different, right? We've all been just trying to get adjusted to that a little bit. So, you know, the whole, the whole COVID deal is one aspect. We're all just trying to handle the best we can, but how, you know, I just keep, I just keep looking back and I'm asking myself, how did we get to this point, right? How do we get to the point where we've got over 30 guys over 30 guys either opt out or are into the transfer portal or just flat out quit, you know, in one season, you know, we look at the average of these other SEC teams. It might be like, I don't know, Matt, maybe, maybe four or five guys. I think the average is maybe like five guys. We were at like over if that, 30. If, if that, and most of them are transfer portal because they're not getting right. playing time and not so, yeah. COVID opt outs. And now, so how did we get to this point? You know, I, that's the only thing that really, it just, I just cannot wrap my mind around is, is after you know after this sixth losing season you know after not having a winning season after you know a seventh year now i just don't see how we got to this point like you know i've been people who know me they know me i've been calling for his job for the last four years i mean but within within the first two seasons i knew this ain't it i mean i was in the i was in the facility i was in meetings i was sitting in position meetings and i just was blown away i was like this ain't it like the narrative, the coaching styles, the techniques. I'm sitting there. I'm like talking to Bruno. That's how I kind of built a relationship with Justin Schooley and Bruno. Is I was like, bro, I, I don't know what to. I can't give you. A, I can't give you any tips that are going to conflict with what your position coach is telling you. But that that's just not right. Like what they're telling you is wrong. You know, it's um, likability, man. You know, the university fell in love with the hair, <laughs> right? And yeah, and, and that's that's what kept them around, right? I, I think. You know, Seymour, to build off your point, right? I think that the worst part about it is the university is complacent with a guy who has a good character, 
right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the winning aspect of it takes the back seat. It always will, right? Until, you know, you have someone who starts saying, you know, hey, we're in the SEC conference, right? You know, let's actually win some damn mm-hmm. games. You know, and well, I he had to be a hell of a likable guy. He had to be a hell of a likable guy to be get, you know, to be, you know, spitting out this message that, hey, I just need more time. Give me a, give me four years so I can get my own recruiting classes in here. You know, the whole coach and coach splaining, I guess, as you could say, uh, yep. to an AD. I just don't yep. see how we got to this point, man. I tell man, I tell all the other guests that come on here. It's been detrimental to this program, and we are going to be seeing, we're going to be paying the consequences for years to come. It's going to be years, I feel like, before we're able to get back on track or maybe have find some success. How are you going to go out and recruit 25? You know, it's like we, we barely even have enough to feed a roster this week. We got Sarah again, who's going to be yeah. doing the field goal kicks for Vanderbilt. I'm we'll excited. Get that in a second. Yeah. I mean, how did we get, how did we get to this point, man? But, uh, I know I gotta. I know I gotta let it go, and I know that's in the past, and we're looking forward. But I still will. I, even ten years <laughs> from now, I'll look back and be like, "What the hell was? Go- what the hell were we thinking?" We, we had the honeymoon <laughs> like, phase. How we had the, the honeymoon phase with we, James Franklin. We had the honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the. I guess that's as everyone says, you know, James Franklin that, came in the Vanderbilt program the, when the SEC was down. Right. I was reading an article the other day. I think it was uh, something that Kirk Herbstreit had mentioned, you know, saying that like, you know, the SEC wasn't it wasn't it what it was now, right? Florida had a couple down years. And- um, last time I checked, Tim Tebow was playing quarterback for Florida when James Franklin entered the SEC. So I don't and that's think the, the SEC- thing. Yeah, like, and like <laughs> even when the SEC is quote unquote down, what, is this? what is he talking about? Well, on top of that, like, okay, when, when did he come in? Two thousand ten. Ah, he so, came in twelve. Uh, no, oh, right. Franklin. 11. Franklin came Franklin in ten. Until was in eleven, because I had him for yeah, eleven. I, was, I had him for two, two seasons, 2011, 2012. Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, I think Cam Newton had just won the national title. That's that Auburn team. Uh, they were pretty good. Uh, Auburn Saban was, was bad though the following year. You remember? Well, that? Auburn was terrible. The well, following that's when we played year. him at home. We yeah, we played him at home and beat him. Man, we beat Ole Miss on the road. What's mm-hmm. uh, the, the big wins that year, man? Yeah, we, the second the second half of the season was a lot stronger than our first half of the season. Yeah, that so I guess that I, I guess that was post Tebow. That 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 that's my fault. But no, so you know, the, the worst same. part about that though, Matt, is we had a solid squad. You know that that eleven y'all had, had good teamwork. y'all had some good. I mean, you guys had yeah. Don't Matthew. take that away from us, Matt. One I of, mean, how I'm many? No, I, that's one of the best I, years. One of the best years that I saw was the eleven year, and I was redshirted that year. But that was probably fundamentally, I think, the strongest team. How many had. NFL players were on that team? Oh, you, uh, Seymour, that eleven year. Well, we that, 2011. Are you talking 2011? Franklin's first year. About, Frank you had year, well. So, I mean, we had. I think about it from a defense's perspective. We had. I don't know if Marv, Chris Marr was still here. T- uh, Tim Fuger was still here. Uh, Brandon Barden. Um, I'm trying to think. Casey Hayward, Sean Richardson. Um, Offensively, yeah, I mean, you had you had Jordan Matthews. You had Zach. You had you Ryan. You well, had, yeah, yeah, Wesley yeah. was, the, Wesley was there. Wesley was still there. Larry uh, still rotating. Mm-hmm. Larry, Larry Smith. Yeah. I mean, we've named mm-hmm. at least a dozen NFL players right there. That's why that at was least. the most fundamentally the funnest team I've ever been a part of. I mean, they were. I, I got remember my I, ass kicked in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Derek, Derek Wolf. Uh, I don't know if y'all know who Derek Wolf. Is. Oh, Derek I know Wolf. who Derek Wolf is. <laughs> I know who Derek tackle Wolf is. for Denver, man. And you know, I didn't know much about Cincinnati, and I was like, man, this is just going to be 
It's gonna be a breeze, man. We're the SEC. <laughs> who is who is this? Who is this Cincinnati coming down and Tennessee and and thinking they're gonna show us up? Who's that? Remember, Eid, like right? Yeah, dude. I remember. <laughs> I remember meeting Derek. We were. I think we were at a bar on whatever that like main strip is. Is it? It's not Beale, Beale Street. Is it Beale Street? Yeah, Beale yeah. Street in Memphis. And I remember like we were kicking it with some of the other team or with some of the other team guys uh, before before the game. Like this was on, like a Monday, you know, we played on Saturday. So it was like we had a whole week, right? Coaches kind of gave us a little bit of leeway on Monday and Tuesday night. And uh, I remember seeing this Derek guy. I was like, man, that's kind of big, man. <laughs> like, you know, he says, he says he's listed at 6'5", but this dude looks like he's like 6'7", dude. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm like, all right, I'm juiced up. I'm ready for the game. And that guy whooped my ass. I'm telling you, he didn't whoop my – I mean – he was just he was just getting extension and shedding. He would just get extensions and shed, get extensions and shed. He didn't have he like was a first round draft pick. He was a first I was gonna say, I, you know, honestly, yeah. he was a first round. Draft pick. As a resume builder, right there, damn, buddy. That's I'll never forget that damn Cincinnati game. I was like, that was the hardest, hardest bastard I ever played against when I was in college. People were like, what? Who was the meanest guy you played against in college? Thinking like it was gonna be some SEC guy, and I was like, I was like, y'all ever heard of Derek Wolf? And that that bastard was strong as hell. <laughs> well, yeah. that's actually, you know, I'm going to quick segue. Jake, who is the toughest guy for you to block? Uh, the dude's on the Bears right now. Dan McCullers, man. Guy is, uh, he played at Tennessee. He was six foot, six foot eight, like 400 pounds. <laughs> oh, my you know, Lord. <laughs> do you, you know, like, this is why you need Wes on the show, because I kid you not. So we're playing Tennessee my my junior year, right? No, my sophomore year. Junior, so I'm, just, I'm getting all these things backwards, right? I'm lined up next to Wes Johnson, and this guy comes out, um, you know, because we're playing home against Tennessee that year, and we blew him out, right? And this guy comes on the field like the when we open up the game, and he's just laughing, bro, and he sounds like uh, Sloth from the Goonies, like, like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at Wes, and I'm like, I have this, I have this neck roll, man, that makes me actually look like Sloth from the Goonies, right? I'm sitting here like this. You look like a turtle, right? <laughs> and so I, I'm sitting here and I'm like, this guy is a behemoth, right? Because we did a scout report on this guy and we were just like, no one could move him, right? He'd just throw people, right? He's just always in the wrong position. So he would always win, Whoa. right? So the first play of this game, we open up with the screen, right? Where Zach Stacy gets the ball and he goes like 90 yards. Oh, you're talking about my senior year. Was that it? Was that it? Yeah. Scene? Yeah. You don't that remember that? At, that was us at home. I was just going to say, if you don't remember, when Jake I played thought it was next to West. the opening play was a screen on the right, and Jake had a had like a big first down block that opened up a huge hole. That Zach ran at like eighty yards, but got knocked out of like the five. Yo, I thought um, it was next to Wes. It was uh, sorry, it was next to you. No, I just remember like looking, and I yeah, was like, dude, "You were a, I, I was at left tackle, and you were at left guard." I was explaining this. I was explaining this to Matt before the show. I said Wes got bumped over to right. Jake was <laughs> at left left guard. I was at left tackle. Like the whole second half of the season against against Ole Miss against UT. Yeah against uh uh wake forest i'm trying to think who else we played but anyways long yeah, story that short was, that was I'm, my I'm senior hitting. year so I, I i wind up basically this ball gets snapped right and this is all kind of before we, we run on that 90 yard screen and i'm hitting this guy right right in the chest plates because he just stands up off the ball i don't think this guy could actually like bend his knees to be very honest with you <laughs> this guy stands up man and he's he's like the terminator right he's sitting there taking shots in the chest like this just like rushing at me. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, this guy is, he's just going to throw me to the side. He threw me. I kid you not. Like I got airborne and somehow, somehow I'm on my feet and I end up just like blocking no one. And we go for like 90 yards and it was, 
was, it was the most ridiculous thing ever, right? Zach, hey, Zach's man. following me, right? And I'm sitting there leading the caravan, not blocking the soul. He's leading the parade, man. We, uh, <laughs> Coach Han would say Jake was leading the parade. He's the guy with the front. With the, uh, with the big staff leading the parade. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm leading the parade. So long story short, this guy does not come in for the rest of the game. He, he, I think he came in like one third down play and it was like third and goal. And he threw me again, right? It was one of those things. It was just like, you should leave this guy in the whole entire game. It was stupid for you guys to take him out. But the crazy part about the story is this guy comes back the following year because this guy was like rated on all the top boards because he's like six foot eight, 400 plus, right? Comes back, loses like 75 pounds. Now this guy can actually bend his knees and get off the ball. And so it was scary the following year because I'm sitting there saying that I'm watching tape on this cat. And I'm like, this guy is just going to ruin me. Like he's just literally just going to like throw me to the side. We played him and he was just throwing me aside. I was just trying to cut him off. Like we were chop blocking this guy. We were post cutting this guy. <laughs> we were just trying to set this guy up. Chop blocks are legal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know you can't even do a peel block. You know you can't even do a peel block anymore. Like you can't even like if a guy doesn't see you coming, it's like a penalty or something. Now you can't even peel back in the guy. Uh, And you damn sure can't throw and cut on the backside like we used to. I mean, I I told Matt I was. (laughs) I showed a clip. I showed a. I showed a clip of uh, Logan Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) This guy just throwing and cutting on every single play. It was. It was ridiculous. (laughs) If Yo, he was my teammate, I would have loved him. If I was anybody else, I would have hated his guts. They Everyone hated hate, Logue, man. Hated Everyone Logan. hated Logue. Dread, Dreadman <laughs> Logue, yeah. You know, and it was oh. uh, it was crazy, you know, just playing some of these guys. Everyone was good. There wasn't one slouch, man. I, you know, every, every guy yeah, you played so who against. The hell, yeah, I don't know who's saying SEC was down that year. But, but you know what? Uh, Everyone was good. Like Kelsey Quarles, yeah. man. I played against Jadavion, right? I remember when you played against Jadavion, right? I remember when... Josh Jaleski yeah. played against Jadavion Clowney and was like pulling the whole entire game and was like spewing out of his mouth because I think he was concussed or something, man. I mean, yeah, that was the first. That was, a, was that the, that was the first game of the season. Everyone was good. Like there wasn't one bad guy, and that's the thing with SEC right. ball is you're always going to get the best out of everyone. You know, remember remember the guy from Tennessee, Mister Cobble. Yes, you remember Mr. that Cobble. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy, Matt. He was like six foot, like three fifty, and had a high pitched voice. This guy was nuts, man. Like you, you try to like get in front of this guy, and he's like, oh. <laughs> "You got me, Jake." <laughs> he's like, "Okay, like that." Okay, no. So he sounds like Mike Tyson, is what you're saying. Without the lisp, yep. Oh my gosh. I, you know what? Oh, that, that was how I played, though. Right? Is I knew athletically I was at disadvantage. I mean, everyone you played against, man, was just superior athlete to you, right? You had guys like three times your weight that could still kick your butt. Right, but you just had to you had to get in these guys' heads to be able to calm them down. You well, know, that's I, what Matt I, and I talked about in the previous weeks. It's just how like, and we'll get into this in a second. How, <laughs> I, how I just how freaking soft I feel like the the program has become. I feel like we were just so much meaner, tougher guys who just wanted to get you know their hand in the dirt. Okay, so we'll try. We'll kind of transition into like speaking of being soft. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Last week, uh, we heard the rumors, and the you know, which came to be true, is that Vanderbilt was recruiting uh, female goalie Sarah Fuller to come and kick to come and kick uh, kickoffs for the for the team. Yep. Uh, yeah, we we spoke about this a little bit last week, Matt and I did. Obviously, we have no issue with that as long as we feel that that was the best, you know, the best qualified person for the job, right? 
I mean, yeah. I've seen a ton of interviews this week. There's been a lot of speculations about this being a PR stunt. You know, why couldn't they have just uh, asked the team, hey, has anyone ever kicked here before? And I'm sure 10 guys would have raised their hands, you know, and to, cook a, and to kick a pooch kick, you know. I think I have a good feeling that you and I probably could have achieved could have achieved that. But uh, that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is <laughs> – is uh is after the game she was being interviewed and i saw an article where she said that she gave a speech at halftime and that she was basically basically ripping the guys' asses for not being like loud enough on the on the sidelines i just i just was thinking like i mean imagine anyone let alone yeah. let alone sarah imagine anyone coming into your locker room and being like come on guys we got to pick it up i mean <laughs> I mean, I just, I just am like, hey, Gil, I've been there. I've been there and I've cracked when I've done that before, man. My voice is like, hey, come on, guys. You know, oh, God, we got to show this clip. We got to Tennessee week, right? You know, my, my senior Matt, Jake has a clip on YouTube where he goes, he goes, come on, guys. I don't want to go on a loser. You know, it, it was one of those things where I was like, <laughs> if I scream, right, and I just so, show some enthusiasm, I think people might like this, right? They might respond, you know, and I just got backlash from immediately, bro. I think I turned off everyone in the room, right? You know, everyone's, everyone's sitting there just like, like, just like almost like looking at me with their eyes. Chair. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But hey, to answer oh. your point, is, is it a PR stunt? Yeah. You know what? I, I think. Well, what's going on with that? Go ahead. I think, uh, you know, it's an interesting move, right? I think, you know, obviously the dynamic in the world is changing, right? I, I think, uh, you know, it, it's it's ultimately, I'm a big fan of it, right? I think I, I don't think it's anything to do with a PR move. I think it's more so it's showing the world that times are changing. You know, there are opportunities for individuals of different genders to pursue uh, uh, gender-specific sports, right? And I, I think that opens up, uh, you know, many people's perspective to, continue to pursue things they love, right? I mean, think about how many youth girls play football, right? You know, that eventually they just stop playing because they just don't, you know, lack of better words, mature the same as a male. But, you know, this this creates opportunities for females to continue or other genders to continue to pursue um, those those dreams and ambitions, right? And I think Sarah is a, is a pillar, you know, obviously, hopefully for change uh, to come down the road. Uh, could anyone right. have done it? I, you know, Seymour, I've kicked the ball, yeah. man. And it, I, I feel mean, like, right. Club and that's foot, not, man. And that's, I guess it's not, uh, you know, that's not the point I was trying to make is that anybody could do what Sarah did on Saturday. Yeah. My, my, my point being is that I just want to make the argument that was Sarah, the absolute best option for that, for that opportunity. And that's kind of really what I just was trying to stress. Not that I like have anything against women playing in sports. You're absolutely no, no, right. I, know you I mean, know. this is a yeah. pillar, this is a pillar you know, an absolute um, fantastic thing for, for sports in general to, to mm -hmm. bring, you know, to mix genders into a different sport that historically has been male-dominated, you know. And Sarah mentioned in her interview, she said, this is for all the girls out there that wanted to not only play football, but for any girl who ever had any aspirations of playing any other sport, but was told, you know, you're a female and can't play. So, yeah. <laughs> right, we all love that, right? And so we're all super happy for Sarah. You know, I just, um, I just will always have that kind of question in the back of my mind. Was this, was she the best you know, what, what yeah. was there, was there other 
options? Was this the best move? Or is it just like you said, was it just maybe an opportunity for whether that was Mason or Candace, whoever made this decision to kind of make a big splash um, and bring some attention to Vandy? And that's when I keep raising my eyebrow. Well, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would we want to bring attention to us on a team that we got, we got blown out? You know, we got uh, skunked. So I don't know, man. I just there's just so many questions I have about that move. And obviously, we're going into the second week now. I was told that she's going to be the the lone kicker this week. She's going to do the the, um, the kickoffs and the field goals again this week. So we're going to see. We're going to see. I mean, against, well, you uh, can't say again with field goals because she didn't Georgia. even get a chance to kick a field goal um, so last week. Gonna, yeah, you know what? She kicked the field goals. Yeah, we were all excited to see some. I think viewership was probably up just to watch her kick. Well, and I I think honestly, that's part of the reason. (laughs) That's why I'm like, what is up? That's why I don't understand. That's why I don't understand this move. But go ahead. Go ahead. So I don't. So I think that's part of the reason Mason kind of got canned. Honestly, you make this big hubbub about we're going to play the first woman in Power Five football. Awesome, wonderful. We're all rooting for her. We all want her to succeed so badly. So we have, I mean, ten times as many eyes on the game. I mean, this isn't this is an eleven a.m. kick on SEC. Millions, Network. millions of viewers are tuning in. Hillary Clinton tweeted about this. Everybody's yeah. tweeting. Yeah. About yeah. tweeting about this. Everybody's Everybody was tweeting about this. I mean, everybody's tweeting about this, and can't even get in field goal range. You can't like you can't like. Not, I'm not saying even shows you can't kick an extra point then get in the end zone. Can't even get in field goal range. You couldn't get in red zone. Could not get in field goal range. And we knew that you know she, we know she a we know she's a goalie, so she's gonna have a big leg as far as women's mm-hmm. soccer players go, right? So that some people go, why don't you get like a striker? Well, no, that's not no. A goalie's gonna have the biggest leg. B like she's six two, and I've watched some of her goalie highlights. She's not afraid to go out there and hit somebody. Like they could have used her at middle linebacker too last week. Like let's face it, there was nobody, no, no, nobody was really out there chasing the ball. She, I've seen some of her highlights. She's not afraid to go up and get the ball in traffic and knock some other girls over. Yeah. So they yeah. could have used her there too, quite frankly. But I was dogging her a little bit there, Matt, because I, I think you made a point there that I kind of failed to touch on. You know, we're only we're only focusing on her kickoff, right? We did not have an opportunity to see an extra point, um, and that kick was designed to be a pooch punt. Like everyone yeah. knows, that was that was designed to be a pooch kick. So <clears throat> that is one thing I kind of failed failed to touch on was that we actually never really got an opportunity to see her full leg and to see how well of an actual place kicker she could have been because unfortunately I mean, Vander ne- Vanderbilt never gave it an opportunity. I watched her in warmups. She was hitting them pretty consistently from like 35, 38 yards. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I have no doubt if they got if they got inside the twenty, if they got in the twenty, if they got in the red zone, she's gonna make a field goal. Do you but, think? Uh, do you think uh, the, kind of the initial point I brought up at the beginning when we started talking about Sarah was how much Jake? How much do you think pressure was on Sarah um, in that locker room as a voice of you know voice of the program or someone who's you know, been asked to come in here to kind of assist or help out the team. That was kind of the one thing I was, that one, that was something I was raising my eyebrow a little bit. And I had a group chat with some of the guys that I played with about, you know, how do you think these guys took that, took that as a, I don't want to say an outsider because she's, you know, she's a Vanderbilt, you know, she's a Vanderbilt athlete, but, you know, someone who had come in 
hasn't been there in two days, hasn't been there with the whole season, you know, has been here for four days to come in and make a halftime speech. Like, what do you think the conversations were like in the locker room? And that's like, no bull. Like, do you, like, do you think guys were receptive of it? Do you think there was some backlash, a little bit of both? I think it really depends on the source, right? Is the source saying that she went in there and said something? I mean, I, that, that's oh, something she that said, she, she said she has, I mean, she was quoted saying that like, yeah, I went in there at halftime and asked a few guys if I could make a speech. And she said that the first thing I said was, is that you guys are not bringing enough energy on the sidelines. We need to pick it up. And there was a few other things that were said that I can't remember, but because I don't want to misquote yeah. her, but, yeah. uh, you know, what you know what, you, what, in terms what of being re- receptive, I, I think, you know, ultimately <laughs> someone needs to say something, right? I, I don't think it, it really matters of the voice it's coming out of, because apparently if you're a fan and you've been watching the past couple of weeks, those locker rooms are probably dead silent. I'm sure nothing's being said in there because mm-hmm. when they go in the locker room at halftime, they come out even flatter than they did going into the game. Right. So, you know, I applaud her if she did say something. Right. And I applaud those <laughs> who actually listen. Right. Because, you know, it's right. Every every single time you see them go in a locker room, you just hope that it doesn't get worse than it actually did. Right. Um, do you think that was pre- you think she was pressured to do that? Or do you think like that was a, a self move? Or do you think that perhaps uh, coach was maybe feeding her a message like, Hey, Sarah, it's on, it's on you at this point. Like you're not only were you bringing, not only are we bringing you in to, you know, assist with co- with the kicking uh, responsibilities, but maybe she was getting fed the message like, Hey, you're going to be like the life of this team. You know, obviously we all know this is going to bring some attention. Yeah. Um, so like all eyes are going to be on you this week. I think mm-hmm. that's interesting. I think that is interesting. I think if I was in Sarah's shoes, you know, I might've done the same thing, right. You know, you kind of come in and you do have all this national attention. Maybe uh, yeah. you're just feeling like almost obligated or I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just do think that was very interesting. You know, it's it interesting. Just to shows, hear. It shows guts for sure. Yeah, most definitely. Right. I mean, you know, taking, taking a foreign, you know, uh, environment, right. Uh, especially being in a male dominated environment and trying to say something that could actually, you know, get roused in someone, uh, you know, I've been there and I'm not going to lie firsthand. It's tough to actually, uh, to say anything yes. articulate in front of other people, uh, especially just at least have a <laughs> sentence, uh, in the moment. Uh, so uh, I, uh, I applaud her if she actually, you know, uh, it, it, if she said something, you know, that others have listened to, because, you know, I, I didn't have the courage to do it. So she obviously has, uh, more courage yeah. than I, and when I actually did say something, it didn't make much sense. It was just a lot of screaming and spitting. <laughs> At the end of the day, though, to be fair, she's the only SEC champion in that locker room. <laughs> That's true. So, you know, she could she could be holding up her belt saying I'm a champion. And what are you guys going to do about it? You know, I would get I would get super crazy. I would be like, yeah, I want to be a champion. And then, you know, I'd probably die there. Someone, but... <laughs> uh, someone, someone tweeted on Saturday, Sarah Fuller has entered the, the transfer, transfer portal. portal. Yeah, I saw that as well. That was you pretty know, good. I, I, I hope I hope she can get a kick in this week. I I, I really hope I, she I can, was, man. I was rooting for it uh, last week, and it's unfortunate we didn't make it really past the fifty yard line um, that whole entire game. Um, but hopefully, hopefully this week we do some miraculous. You know, maybe we catch Georgia off uh, off the guard right in the first uh, couple of series, 
and we get in there, we kick a field goal, and and uh, she shows her talents in front of the whole world. So. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Aziz Ojolari play for Georgia's defense, but there's no one on the Vanderbilt team that can block him whatsoever. So yeah. I'm I'm afraid for who's ever playing quarterback at Vanderbilt. Seals was pulled for a couple of series last week. They brought in Mike Wright, who is a dual threat yep. guy, and they just had him drop back. That's another thing I did not understand. The play calling, the play calling yep. this whole season has been mm, yeah. questionable. And we'll just leave it at that. Let's look forward. Let's look That's forward. Uh, Agreed. Obviously, a big, t- a lot of the talk right. is yeah. who, who's say, next. We, we all know this. Who's next? Who's the next mm-hmm. guy? Mm-hmm. Okay, Jake. Candace Storyly has hired you to lead up the team to <laughs> pick the next I'm glad head you coach. Asked this, Matt. I'm glad at you asked. Vanderbilt. Before you give me a name, what are the Give me like two or three qualities or like personality yeah. types or experiences that you are int- that you think are essential to being successful at Vanderbilt. And then give me a couple names that you think have those qualities and you think would be successful. Yeah. Like, what are you hoping? Like, what are you hoping these guys are going to bring? Not just as far as coaching experience, but like, what other qualities are they going to bring that's going to completely change the narrative of Vanderbilt? It, someone who's going to be able to come in and get things done, facility upgrades, like, Make sure we kind of take those things into account as well. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good question, by, uh, both y'all. So, you know, what what I would be looking for, right, in, in a in a pick, right, is I'd be looking for a guy who has that blue chip mentality, right? Coaching Carol and uh, Carousel out there, there's a lot of young coaches that have a lot of pizzazz behind them, right? But they view Vandy as just a stepping stone for their bigger opportunity, right? And so I think if I am choosing a coach, right, I'm choosing a coach who has that blue collar, right, who's going to bring his lunch pail to work, who's going to buy into the program because he sees that as his only opportunity to be successful. Right. You know, then to parlay off that I'm looking for a guy who's a silent leader, right? I think Vandy has had with the past two coaches, right? I think James Franklin and Derek Mason have been, have been charismatic, have been very, um, uh, um, I wouldn't say loud in their, in their voice, but, um, you know, more of just, trying to get like the public persona behind the program, right? I think uh, uh, Franklin was a very good orator, right? And he was able to kind of corral individuals to buy into what he was saying, right? And Derek Mason kind of built upon that where he was trying to, uh, you know, say, hey, you know, Vanderbilt is not just, you know, that academic school, right? We're going to compete in this, right? Listen to what I'm saying to you, everyone like that. So what am I looking for, right? What, what did what did CJ say? I don't know because Seymour's uh, Seymour's audio is way out of sync with us right now. Will you get he, off that dial-up connection, C? Yeah, seriously, bro, are you, bro? My I'm on my I'm on the iPhone, bro. My <laughs> my wife's laptop's out of commission right now. We just ordered a new one. We're gonna get that audio. We're gonna get that audio Gucci next week. Bro. Okay, so <laughs> now okay now you're good. Ask it again. Ask ask the question again. Oh, it wasn't a question. You were just saying how uh, Van- how Mason and Franklin were both outspoken guys, and I just threw a little comment in there about Mason's first day on the job was SEC championship. Here we come. That was exactly. literally like Mason's first words out of his mouth, and I was just exactly was, yeah. Right? But then a couple <laughs> years later, that. he's saying, "Oh, we can't expect to go to go to bowl games every year." And so don't even get me started real, on that. realism. Realism hit right uh, where you finally yeah. understood that. That it's not that easy to win. <laughs> it only took that long. Right? <laughs> you know, but but back to the point, right? It's it's more so I'm looking for a silent leader, right? I'm looking for someone who's just going to chip away, right? Someone who is going to prove, right, uh, their worth instead of just basically uh, speaking louder than the other person so that they can actually get a word in, right? 
that being said, I'll jump into exactly who I'm looking at, right? I love, I love Barry Odom, right? I think if I'm, if I'm looking at coaches out there that, that, and I'm gonna go back to that Pat Fitzgerald mode, right? I think what, what makes me love Pat Fitzgerald so much, and I'm a Chicago guy, so I got to, you know, root for them, right? And everyone in Chicago does, especially with their recent success. Pat Fitzgerald is not only alumni of Northwestern, he's a guy who's bought into the program and he doesn't see any other opportunity out there for him. Right. And he's just going to solely develop that program. And look at what he's done. He's just got the university to buy him 300 plus million dollars to dump into their athletics, to build athletic facilities, to compete with everyone else. Well, right? because, because in, in the big 10, they need it because Ryan field in comparison to the rest of the stadiums in the big 10 is in the same place that Vanderbilt stadium is in comparison to the rest of the sec because Fair. Northwestern's facilities in comparison to the rest of the Big Ten, are at the same place that Vanderbilt's are in comparison to the rest of the SEC. So they needed that, and they've all they. And on the flip side, Northwestern has also bought in to Pat Fitzgerald at Correct. the same time. They have invested in him, and how, how has that been rewarded? They were in the top ten as recently as two weeks ago. So yeah, I, know. I know, and then they, that 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 was a debacle. That was that was sad to see, especially rooting for the hometown team, right? But to build off your point, Matt, right? When you when you look at Pat Fitzgerald, he's a blue collar guy, right? He's a he's a guy that is going to get those recruits, right? And those recruits are going to work those butts off, right? Their butts off to be spectacular, right? He's a, he's an X's and O's guy. He knows how to beat teams that he should beat, right? And look at Northwestern the past, gosh, how long has Pat Fitzgerald now been there? Ten plus uh, years, uh, thir- 12, 13 years, something like that. He's the second longest tenured head coach in the Big Ten after Kirk Ferentz basically runs runs freaking Evanston over here, right? He can practically do whatever he wants. And the point is this guy has the keys to the city. But what I'm trying to mention is Vandy needs some guy like that, right? They need some guy that's going to come in the program that doesn't see Vanderbilt as a stepping stone, right? That that doesn't get afraid of losing a couple games, right? That that isn't afraid of telling a recruit that, hey, if you don't pull your grades up, you can't get into this school. Right. And and that's the thing with with Northwestern, right, is they're very particular with who they recruit, right? You have to have the academics to justify why you could go into the university, right? I think when James Franklin was there, he started making exceptions, right, to recruit those, you know, those those kids that don't really have the best grades, right, but are just phenomenal athletes to come into the program and see if what they could do. The the, the point is, I, you know, I, I think a, a guy like Barry Odom could go after those guys, right, and, and recruit um, those Vanderbilt type of athletes. So what are we looking for? We're looking for those guys that understand that, you know, if you don't go pro, right, you're going to be successful for the rest of your career, you know, but how do you pitch that to an 18 year old kid? That's not my job. You know, that's, that's uh, <laughs> that would be the head coach's job, you know? So uh, Barry Odom would be my number one pick right now. My number two pick is, is uh, Clark Lee. If I'm pronouncing his name correctly, uh, Notre Dame defensive coordinator. He's an interesting guy considering he's a, he's a Vanderbilt alumni. And he also, I, I believe he played football uh, as a walk on fullback or a scholarship. Fullback, yeah, he was a fullback. So there could be some loyalty and some ownership there, right? There could be a guy who wants to be that first guy to take Vanderbilt where it could be, right? Who could build the program from the ground up. You know what? I, I think if Vanderbilt goes younger, I think then we risk a bigger problem. We risk another James Franklin situation, right? Of of the guy looking always past, looking for the bigger opportunity, right? And as we all know, Vanderbilt's not afraid to pay someone, Right. Uh, I, I believe Franklin turned down $50 million and uh, uh, probably 200% job security, right? Um, <laughs> you know, just, just to go to, uh, just to go to Penn state. Right. Yeah. I don't blame him. I don't. Right. Because he's he from Pennsylvania. Done. 
he can get things done and he has the university buy-in. And I think that's where, that's where it struggles, right? But that university buy-in takes time to get, um, mm-hmm. and, and you have to win, right? I'll do, do it again. The Patrick Shield mentality, right? Playbook is what Vanderbilt needs to follow. It's just finding quick, a guy Jay. who's going to believe in it. Real quick, Jake, what did Vanderbilt learn from the tenure of Derek Mason? That's a, I think that's something we also haven't talked about is that as we start to look for new head coaches and obviously we're, you know, everyone is very excited about this new opportunity and excited to see who we're going to bring in. What has Vanderbilt learned, I guess, from the tenure of Derek Mason? What sort of mistakes um, do we not want to repeat if, for say, we do bring in a coach and maybe we do start to see a relapse of, of uh, the last seven years? I mean, would you do yeah. things differently, Jake, I guess, as with the question I'm asking? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So I think you know, the, the biggest mistake, right, is, is hiring coordinators, right? I, I think the issue is with that, it's a big gamble, right? You, you don't know what you're going to get out of some guy, especially when you ask him to lead a program when he's never been asked to lead before, right? Um, I, I think that's first and foremost, right? Not every pick is going to be a James Franklin pick, right? And and I think we're, we're starting to learn that, right, from, and I'm not discrediting Derek Mason at all. I think Derek, he's a phenomenal guy. I loved playing for him, right? But I, I think it's the coordinator stigma, Right. Um, you know, uh, we're not going to get an Ohio state coordinator, right? We're not going to get a, uh, a, a marquee top pick, right? Because they just won't find Vanderbilt attractive enough. But what we can get is a proven head coach at say a lower division, right. Or, or a lower level, right. Or you can get a proven head coach who basically, uh, you know, was, uh, relieved of his duties and now is a coordinator, right? Someone who has the track record of leading a program, right? I think that's what Vanderbilt needs. Right. And I think the mistakes, you know, are saying, look at what's out there. There's tons of picks. Just go ahead and vet these guys and see if see if they fit what you're looking for. Right. I, I I'm looking at the coaching uh, uh, pool out there and I'm seeing tons of able guys. Tons. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Better than I think better than I think the pool. I think the pool is better now than it was seven years ago when Franklin left and they were looking for a new hire for for Vandy. Do you think any uh, do you think any former Vanderbilt? Franklin alumni might make their way back to Vandy. Like, for instance, do you think like maybe like Brent, Brent Pry, or they're or they're saying that uh, uh, what's his name in Michigan, Matt uh, Evan Gaddis uh, or Josh Gaddis? Evan Gaddis used to play for the Braves. Yeah, Josh Gaddis. Josh Gaddis. You think? Yeah, Josh Gaddis. Chris Marv. Brent Pry or that, the, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Right, yeah, a coordinator yet though. Yeah, you bring up you bring up good points, right? But it, it's still the coordinator stigma, right? You need a guy to be proven, right? You need a guy who's who has that track record of leading, right? You know, some coordinators out there are asked to call the shots, right? And the head coach is just giving the thumbs up, right? You know, those those are a dime a dozen school, right? But you know, a lot of these guys out there, the names that you had mentioned, you know where have they been asked to, to, to lead, uh, you know, a, a hundred plus guys. Right. And especially in a situation like this, right. This isn't a situation where you, you have a playbook for success, right. You either, uh, your, your career gets started at Vanderbilt or your career dies. And it's, it's one of those things where, um, I'm excited to see whoever they bring in, right. Because I think there's a serious opportunity for someone to build something remarkable and build a change in the program that we've never seen before. Right. I think Candace, your brother. Yeah, exactly. Right. You have you have the AD now who is uh, uh, a, a former student athlete. 
right? Uh, who knows what it's like to go through that Vanderbilt stigma, right? Of of not really having the university behind you, right? As an athletics, uh, uh, as a student athlete, right? And so now when you finally get the, you know, someone in a role to kind of mend the two together and mesh them like Candace, I think that the sky is the limit, right? You're just, you just got to find someone to plug in the role and have them run. And then you're going to have everyone behind you. So, you know, and I'm, a, I'm as optimistic as everyone else mm-hmm. is out there seeing. Good deal. Good um, deal. Matt. I mean, I think that I think you bring up a lot of good points. And I think that Barry Odom is someone I hadn't considered a ton. I, I'd been looking towards some lower level, some group of five coaches a little bit more. I'm a really big fan of Billy Napier. He's the head yeah. coach at Louisiana. He's turned that program around. I know a lot of fans, at least, are big fans of Will Healy, who mm-hmm. is currently at Charlotte, but before that was at Austin P and turned Austin P, which had historically been probably potentially the single worst school in all of FCS football into yep. a playoff team in FCS yep. into a into mm-hmm. a winner. Yep. And that is that's saying something. A lot of some people like uh some people like Chadwell, who's the head coach at uh Coastal Carolina, I'd be a little bit more that he's kind of a flash in the pan at the moment, but mm-hmm. You know, I I think that Odom is a really interesting choice. The other guy that I've considered, I don't know if he'd be interested in, is Blake Anderson, who's the head coach at Arkansas State. Okay. And he's had he's turned Arkansas State into a winner. And before him, Arkansas State had like four or five head coaches in four or five years, a lot of turnover. And he stabilized that program, and he's been to the Sun Belt Championship darn near every single season he's been at Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. And he and he's had success in similar part of the country, right? Arkansas is just hop, skip, and a jump west of, I mean, Jonesboro, Arkansas. Yeah, not exactly like, not Nashville, Tennessee, but it's still, you know, it's, yeah. it's the Mid-South. It's mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of the same recruiting territory. Now, obviously, Vanderbilt's going to be more of a national program than Arkansas State, but I've also seen people talk about someone like Willie Fritz and had our our uh, former guest, Jake Crane, who's come on the show before, talk about should Vanderbilt move to something like a triple option? <laughs> and <What? laughs> as an offensive lineman, we know that is not the best idea. <laughs> oh, terrible idea. That is, yeah, that, that hurts. That pains me, man, that you would mention that. On I don't slide. believe, I don't believe that's the correct answer. I don't believe that's, I don't believe that's Georgia Tech's no longer Georgia Tech. They're no, Georgia it's Georgia Tech's Southern. It's Georgia Southern. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, four years ago or whatever. So um, I, I think it's a gimmick. I don't think it it, it doesn't work in Power 5 football. The, 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 yeah. the triple option doesn't work in Power 5 football. It works at military academies because they can't get road graders, right? Yeah. You can't be at a service academy if you're over like 280 pounds. No. So you're not going to get your six foot eight, 340-pound left tackle playing yeah. at Navy. So you right. have to run triple option. But at the end of the day, it's a gimmick. And in the SEC and high-level football, they're going to blow that up because it's predicated on the fact that the other teams, even if they have the athletes, they won't be smart. Well, the SEC athletes are, are A, even better and smart enough to completely blow up whoever is blocking them and 
completely annihilate the quarterback at the point of attack. And so it doesn't mm-hmm. even matter if you get it out there. Plus, that kills off recruiting so much. No what no receiver is ever gonna want to come play in a triple option. No, you know, you're Kelvin you're, Johnson. Are you kidding me? Yeah, well, he is the exception <laughs> yeah, that proves the rule, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, he bends the rule. So, I get it. It's fair. You know, there, there is a lot of interesting picks out there, Matt, right? Uh, you know, and there's also a lot of proven head guys, right? I think to build off your point of other guys out there, Charlie Strong's still an interesting pick, right? I, I like a guy like Charlie Strong because I think Charlie's still waiting for that opportunity, right? And I know, I know he probably doesn't have the best record as of late, right? Um, but, you know, you look at a guy like Charlie Strong, right, and you talk about building you know a program around i wouldn't be opposed to it right um he, he right now he's he's uh where at south florida if I'm not mistaken and he's correct recruited, south florida yeah he's he's recruited uh this the south um eastern part of the country very well right when he was at louisville florida right? especially he, yeah florida right south I mean, florida he's a guy who has who has ties in uh miami dade and broward county that exactly. where so many athletes come out of Exactly. Right. So, so you look at someone like that, right. Simply from the aspect of recruiting, you know, he could, he could be a, a stellar pick, right. There's a lot of guys out there, right. I'm, I'm interested in to, to see who Candace brings in, right. I think that's going to be the fun mm-hmm. part. Um, but you also got to, you know, a guy like Will Healy scares me, right. Because, you know, he could view Vanderbilt as a stepping stone, right. He's young in his career, right. He probably wants the bigger power five school, right. And I'm not saying, you know, Vanderbilt is still a power five school. It's just, not a marquee program like in Alabama. It's not a marquee program like an LSU or Ohio State or something like that. And that is the issue, right? A lot of these guys just see that as the next step for them to build their credibility to get to that even higher level. Um, yeah, I think you got to go all the route. I think you got to find someone who's been proven out there. You got to find someone who is who is comfortable in their career, but is still willing to push and and drive to build something. And uh, we'll see what Candace draws up, man. Interesting points. <clears throat> well, we're going to um, kind of wrap up here at the tail of the show. Usually we have some some final questions for our guests. I'm going to take it a different route tonight. I want to hear, Jake, so for all the Nashvillians, I guess, who are out there listening, what was Jake's, if I just wanted to go down and grub and get me a good-ass meal, where was your, <laughs> what was your top, top, top spot? In Nashville, as a former offensive lineman, you know, we still got that fat man uh, for everyone. We still got that fat man that lives inside of us. That'll never go away. He will never go away. Drop some pounds. I've dropped some pounds. Yes. Never going to go away. Yes. What's Jake Bernstein's? What's Jake Bernstein's best uh, best night on the town as far as uh, grubbing? Damn. You know what? Hey, so I haven't been to Nashville for a little bit, so I'm sure it's probably changed a hell of a lot. It's changed. Yeah. It's changed it's like just so much. Miniature man. New it's York so right now, yeah. right? It's insane. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> you probably it don't is. even have a southern. Everyone's moving. There. Everyone's moving from New York, Chicago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Moving from Chicago, New York. Yeah, every, 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 literally from Chicago, everybody especially. Tennessee, everybody Texas moves here from Florida, man. Everybody moves yeah. to Chicago. <laughs> Bunch of delis popping up. And- <laughs> Listen, my 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 college roommate who's from <laughs> my college roommate who's from Chicago. <laughs> my college roommate who's from Chicago just opened up a bagel company in Stop. Nashville, and it's blowing up. It's huge. Dude, huge. I, I think of that. I He's, he has he his orders are sold out through Christmas right now. Bernstein's bagels. <laughs> 
Hey, Matt, what are you still doing on the podcast? You should work with this guy. <laughs> said, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, he, he, he's he's a smart dude. He's got an MBA from Vanderbilt, so like, he, he's no dummy. But um, yeah, come on now. So to answer answer dude. your question, right? Where, where where am I going? Right? You know. So I, I actually went down to Nashville uh, last summer with a girlfriend, and we went to Urban Grub. You know, Urban Grub is is my go to, oh. right? Yes. Uh, if I'm looking to drop, uh, you know, a hundred bucks within the first like uh, two, two seconds, Urban Grub is my spot, right? But mm-hmm. uh, to to Seymour's point, right, what he mentioned earlier, I got to keep it kosher. I love Nashville. Nashville is mm. is my go to, right? Not uh, even a thing anymore. Nashville doesn't even exist. It's just my, I'm not a Nashvilleian. I don't even know that. Wait, wait I thought they had one in uh, uh, Green Hills. Nosh, well, I don't know the Nashville on uh, Broadway, the one there that's right behind that one close. That one yeah, they, close. they have one in Green Hills, I think, right? Oh man, see, I didn't know that. See, yeah, I didn't, yeah, know, I didn't know that. Yeah, the, yeah, there's one in Green Hills. Okay, oh, yeah, okay. that's yeah, that's the spot, right? Yeah, it's right next to Bluebird. It, that's what I thought. It's okay. right next to the Bluebird. Yeah. What the so hell am I, I talking drank... about? I don't ever go to Green Hills, I guess. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. But I, I do know it's there. Right? <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't you know what? i don't want to too much uh, the malls over there i gotta get my wife away from there <laughs> pastrami sandwich <laughs> pastrami sandwich pastrami and rye man it can't go wrong exactly exactly right that, well, that's how you know nashville's changing that those are the spots right there urban grub in nashville keep it simple urban urban grub is the sh- is the shiz man you get I like Urban Grub because there's not as pretentious as M Street. You can actually get a reservation on Open Table if you. I don't even know if y'all knew that, but you can get a, a reservation on Open Table versus like M Street, Brago, uh, Whiskey Kitchen Tavern, King Prime. You have to you have to call and get it through like their reservation service, which is I think is bullshit. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I have to I have to. Uh, I have to agree with you. I think Urban Grub is an absolute great I'm, spot. I'm, I'm very like, lucky. One of my good buddies' uh, girlfriends is a waitress at Whiskey Kitchen, so we can get him whenever we want. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, I know Matt Perkins. I know Matt Perkins. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt Perkins. He's my guy, right? No. Uh, yeah. I'm, dro- I'm name dropping. Nick. Name <laughs> drop. Yeah. My, my name is not going to get you very far. Yeah. yeah. And then they go like this. Yeah. They scratch their head saying, like if sure, it, like, it's a two-hour wait, it's a two-hour wait. Sure, it's a two-hour, two-hour wait. Who uh, back in the line, please? <laughs> yeah, back in the line. Wait. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff, dude. Well, obviously we've got you know a ton still, still to come. Obviously we yeah. got to finish out the rest of this season. Um, we've got uh, the interim head coach stepping in. Obviously, it's going to be exciting to see an offensive mindset at these next two weeks. Uh, we got Sarah. We all got our fingers crossed that Vandy's going to put it in field goal range to see her not going through. Um, yep. You know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I, you know. Another, another small note this week: we saw Joe Fisher, the voice of the Commodores, step down this week, um, going to get himself, you know, some help, man. Which is just awesome. He's such a great dude, man. Like, one of the best cats. Great personality. Super mm-hmm. loving guy. Always super like jolly around the uh, around the facility so we all you know thinking about him and wishing him well so yeah. we've got a lot of stuff a lot of stuff going on excited to see these next few weeks with you know who the new head coach might be obviously a ton of speculations out there we're all just kind of holding our breath you know hoping that candace doesn't just drop some name that everybody's like what, what? <laughs> listen Wait, i'm quarterback coach if she, Muschamp, huh? if she hires will Muschamp, if she hires will Muschamp, man i'm oh, just gonna God. Interesting pick, though. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I, I was I was going to say that. 
I, I still love the guy. I think he's, I think X's and O's, man. I, I think the guy needs an opportunity. He's we'll had see. plenty Bring, of opportunities. He's yeah. bringing yeah. the bandy. Hey, he's undefeated. I think he's undefeated. He's undefeated against me. Well, he's under oh, South Vandy hasn't beaten South Carolina in forever. Like it's I'm like saying. for some reason, no. like South Carolina owns Vandy, Just and I don't can't understand. get it done. Yeah. Oh, and then what's what's an upgrade? Uh, an, uh, an upgrade is taking the taking the coach who used to beat you every year. That's an upgrade. So oh, you know, <laughs> listen, started, I'm, but, I'm uh... okay, but I, I'm okay as long as they don't hire Hugh Freeze. The the only person I don't want is Hugh Freeze. That's a gamble, man. I'm I'm, I'm curious to see what I, uh, I just think he's I just think he's scummy. I just think he's supremely, supremely scummy. It's fair. But, I mean, Liberty, Liberty signed him to a big extension there. How do you feel about that? I, it, you know, I, I think that's a match made in their version of heaven. I have my own uh, thoughts on the administration and especially the uh, president of Liberty University that we will mm-hmm. save for a podcast that is not family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to see that. Isn't fairly yeah. friendly? You didn't tell me that when I signed up for this, man. I oh well, I mean, well, let's put it this uh, way: the episode with Joe definitely was not family friendly. I what spent, did Joe? I spent more time in post. Yeah. I spent more times in post production on that episode than I than I would done usually like ten episodes combined. Censoring, <laughs> censoring Joe, Joe. Sitting, sitting here. So, <laughs> hey man, let me let me tell you what, man. If I was the, the I was Hendersonville boys to come down there, we show Vanderbilt a finger team. Let me tell you what, <laughs> oh, them taters, man, we the best, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Jake, man, it was a pleasure, dude. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. on tonight. Um, yeah, boys, a lot going on. Excited to see where the future holds, Zandy. We're all uh, everyone is glued in, and everyone's super excited. The van, the the, uh, the program. Can only go up from here. We're just uh, we're just hoping that you know we're not hoping. We know that Candace is going to do a good job of vetting these guys, mm-hmm. and um, we know she's going to do a great job of picking the right guy uh, for the job or or girl for the job. And we'll see. Hey, Herb Hand, Herb Hand, uh, twenty 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 one. Dude, I love to see Herb. Oh my God! For people who don't know, Herb Hand was our O line coach at Vandy. Went on to coach at uh, Penn State, then Auburn. Now he's at Texas. Before that, was at Tulsa. Was an OC, or was he head coach? He was a OC. He was a head coach. He's never been a head. I thought he was. He was. He I was thought... interim. I thought. Was it, it maybe that's what it was. <laughs> but uh, he's a hell of a it, coach, man. Super respected hey, along among the O line community. I mean, like everyone likeable. knows who Herb is. Like very likable. The guy yeah. can go up there and spit Eminem or Slim. Like he can go up there and spit Vanilla Ice. Like you never seen. I mean, you just give him a beat, he'll go up there and he'll freestyle, he'll rap. Um, guy, I'll just put it this way: he could he could walk into any house in America and find some shit to talk about. <laughs> like, the dude has got stories for days. He got a, he tells us a story where he he held in a sneeze and almost had, he caused himself a brain hemorrhage and almost died. The dude's nuts, man. It's absolutely, he's got stories yeah. for days. You guys should get him on this. You guys should get him on this, but I'll tell you what, he used to come over for recruiting visits when I was getting recruited to come to Vandy. My folks and him would always go out to eat. And I, man, I'll tell you that the toilets were clogged for days in my house because Herb Ham was just letting loose. <laughs> I, you know what? Hey, if, if Herb listens to this, man, I think he'd be a great hire. I'm, I'm dead honest with you. He's, he's a likable oh. guy and he, he's got a, he's got a great, uh, I think persona in the industry. I think he's got a lot of people that would follow him. So he would be interesting. Like that would be the only coordinator that I would make an exception for. Right. So 
Yeah. Dead honest. I would love it, man. I no, yeah. dead honest. I would love to see her best. You know, I've had, I had seven coaches when I was in the league and, uh, dude, Herb is up there with damn near every one of them. He, he shits on half of them. Like no joke. Yeah. Like, like literally, literally, he, <laughs> literally, he, uh, he'd be, he'd be a hell of a pick for Vandy. I think he'd be, I think he'd be a great coach. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. Well, anyways, Jake, we we wrap it up off every episode, man. We like to anchor down. Let's let's get an anchor down before we close. And uh, until next time, man, anchor down, brother. Anchor down, my friends. Thanks for having me. Anchor down. Thanks for being here with us. All All right, right, boys. Thanks, boys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.